And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning into another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on the Blaze Radio Network. My name is Cam Edwards, um, and unfortunately, we are not joined by Missy e this week. We had a, I'd say, a brief window uh, where it was possible that uh, Missy e could join us post chemo. Unfortunately, uh, life got in the way of podcasts. So, uh, in fact, life got in the way of podcasts because I spent uh, much of my Friday morning at the DMV. While uh, Miss E spent much of her Friday morning uh, in chemo, and then uh, over the weekend, I ended up uh, taking my youngest son up to Charlottesville. We uh, thought we would go up for a quick haircut. I uh, had to get a couple of things from stores that don't exist in the Farmville area. And uh, by the time I got home, the plan was that Missy e and I were going to do a podcast. It was going to be a date night, big hot date night, Saturday night doing a podcast. I got home and um, Missy e has this uh, almost comically large bandage on her finger. It would have been comic were it not for the fact that it was Missy e and it was her finger. So while I was gone uh, in Charlottesville, Missy e decided that she would do a, a little home improvement project. So she bought a couple of weeks ago a bird feeder, a bird feeder pole, right, that sits right outside of her office window. And she loves to see the birds. We've got these huge fat cardinals and uh, blue jays. Uh, I mean, it's a, the, the yard is just full of uh, birds this winter. She loves to look at them while she's at work. So she gets this uh, bird pole feeder, has a couple of very pretty bird houses and uh, bird feeders on there. And, uh, and then Probably three days after she puts it up, the goats discover <laughs> this uh, bird feeder pole. And Chico, in particular, but but I, now that I think about it, I, th- these were all equal opportunity offenders. Um, anyway, they start to uh, try to raise themselves up on their back legs so that they can reach the bird feeders that are on the pole. And in the process of doing this, they end up knocking the bird feeder pole to the ground. Breaking it. So Missy e decided that she was going to try to fix the pole while uh, I was gone, uh, which involved, I, I guess, somehow, and for whatever reason, uh, a hammer and uh, uh, banging the hammer uh, on the bird feeder pole, uh, and she missed and ended up uh, getting her finger. Yeah. Uh, two of them, actually, but one really bad. So I get home and um, we're, we're, you know, kind of going back and forth as to whether or not she needed to go to the emergency room. Nobody wants to spend their Saturday night in the emergency room. Uh, that's an even worse date night than spending it recording a podcast when you think about it. Uh, and it couldn't even be a date night, actually, because my youngest daughter had two friends over to spend the night. And even though they're 13, um, you know, the, the deal wasn't, uh, hey, we're going to leave your kids unattended all night while my wife and I go to the ER. So Missy e drove herself to the ER. She did not have to get stitches. Uh, she did get her finger glued back together. And uh, today it's feeling, well, as, as of uh, me recording this on Sunday, uh, the day after, it's feeling much better. And, uh, and and she's actually doing okay. Chemo was Friday. It's usually Thursday. And then usually by Saturday afternoon, she's pretty bleh. Um, she's been in bed today, but she's been conscious, 
which is, I think, a bit of an improvement. Um, speaking of Missy and chemo, so we, we do have an update for you. We uh, talked to the doctor this week. This was one of the reasons why I was not at uh, the Shooting Hunting Outdoor Trade Show in Las Vegas, Nevada. First time in 14 years, as a matter of fact, that I missed the SHOT Show in Las Vegas. But Missy had a doctor's appointment as well as chemo, and I, I wanted to be there for uh, for both of those occasions. So talked to the doctor, and um, we had been under the impression that after this round of chemo that she just got uh, a, a couple of days ago, She's going to take a break. But uh, Missy said, listen, I, I, I want to keep going if, if we can because I feel up to it. And the doctor was very pleased to hear that. So we're going to do that. She's going to have uh, another round of chemo in late February, one more round in late March, and then we will do another scan to see uh, how everything is going in either late March or early April. So that's the progress. Um, no scan you know, the, the last scan we got was a couple of months ago, and things looked good. There were no new tumors in her lungs. The existing tumors, which are already small, they were they were getting smaller. So we are uh, hoping and praying that that continues to be the case as um, as Missy, you know, gets a couple more rounds of chemo. So posted something about this on uh, social media. I know that Missy did as well, but um, in case you missed the news, there you have the very latest. And I appreciate, again, all of the kind words and the thoughts and the prayers uh, that have been sent our way. It is it is greatly, greatly appreciated, each and every one of them. Now, Missy was not the only one on the farm this weekend who was um, faring kind of poorly. I mentioned Chico earlier, who is uh, getting into some trouble. So uh, it was probably, mm, I guess, Wednesday of last week that... Uh, uh, Missy noticed, I noticed something seemed a little off with Chico, but there was a morning where it became uh, all too apparent that uh, something was uh, was wrong. So uh, the normal routine is get up in the morning, walk the dogs, take my daughter to school, come back, let the goats out, uh, and then uh, uh, head into work. Only this time, um, as my daughter and I were getting into the car so I could take her to school, I noticed that the goats were already out. The fence was closed up, but they had jumped the fence for some reason. And one of them, Toffee, actually was stuck in the fence. She had her neck stuck in the electronet. Thankfully, uh, we did not have the electric fence on, so she was not getting shocked, but she was very much immobilized. Uh, so I was kind of surprised, actually, at how quickly we were able to get her uh, unstuck. I uh, did so. My daughter wasn't even late to school. But um, when I got home, oh, and so when I left, I noticed that Chico was still hanging out in one of the little uh, uh, dog igloos that we have for their for their housing. And when I got home, and Chico wasn't there, uh, the goats, all the girls, had once again discovered the uh, uh, bird feeder. So I chased them off, but Chico wasn't around. And all day long, we couldn't find Chico. Chico is usually right there with the girls. I mean, they just go in a, uh, what is it, goat herd, I guess? Yeah, they just go in a herd, right? And all day, Chico was nowhere to be found. So we didn't know what had happened. Maybe a, 
My thought was, okay, maybe there was some sort of animal that tried to get into the enclosure, causing the goats to flee. Chico hid in the igloo, and then when he had the opportunity, he just took off because he was freaked out. So we do have black bears around here. We have certainly coyotes. We have fox. Um, I I, I didn't see any fur. I didn't really see any sign that an animal had tried to get in. Anyway, after I went into work that day, uh, Missy texted me. She said, I found Chico, and he was actually underneath our porch. So one of the honeydew projects that we have is we've got this lattice work um, that's kind of, uh, uh, you know, underneath the front porch area, and there's one square of lattice that is just gone. It's broken, and uh, and we need to fix it. <laughs> in the meantime, chickens can get in there, and sometimes we catch them laying eggs, and apparently Chico decided that was where he was going to hide out because Chico was in a great deal of pain. We've seen this with um, one of our male goats before, Mr. Freckles, and, uh, and it looked like it was the same thing. Kidney stones. Kidney stones are, are bad in humans, but in goats, they're really, really bad because the way male goats' biology, uh, the, the, the way they're designed, um, they're, and I'm going to try to do this without getting like too graphic, their urethra is really, really small. Like in some cases, it's almost the width of a hair. It is so small. So if male goats get too many uh, minerals uh, and the wrong kind of minerals, it can create stones. And very, very small stones can lead to very, very big problems. It actually can completely stop them up entirely. It could lead to a burst bladder. It, it can be fatal. And uh, we've actually had to put one of our male goats down. Mr. Freckles had to be put down because he had kidney stones. And you can... So there are a couple of things that you can do, as we learned um, when we called uh, one of the uh, small animal vets, or I guess one of the farm vets uh, here in the uh, Farmville area, uh, and they make house calls. And he came out, and this is what he said. <laughs> he said that you can do a sort of a uh, an emergency procedure, uh, which was done, and I will get back to it in a moment. And, and, and that can help, um, but if the stones come back, you basically have the option of doing a more invasive surgery. you got to put the goat under. Uh, and, and even then, the stones, once, they, once they've got them once, it, they, they, they tend to be really susceptible to them again. So we did choose to have that emergency procedure performed, and um, I can't really get too graphic with it because it's really, really graphic, uh, and it makes me cringe just thinking about it. Let's just say uh, there was a slight amputation uh, of, um, of a particular appendage, uh, just the tip, and, uh, and that was able to relieve some of the pressure and get some of these stones out. And oh, that, in addition to the medicine that the doctor prescribed, which was ammonium chloride, uh, a couple of tablespoons twice a day, and then down to one tablespoon uh, one, once a day, and then uh, half a tablespoon for a few days as well. Uh, Chico is like a new goat. I got to tell you, I mean, it's really amazing. He's back to jumping around, and uh, you know, not 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 being the sick, uh, bleating, and 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 you know, hiding in a fetal position goat that he was just a few days ago. He looks like he is back to normal. So. 
hopefully, a, a change in diet. Um, and this is something that's really important. So the normal goat chow that you might get at a you know feed store, um, really, really bad for male goats. Not not good for them at all. Has the wrong kind of minerals. Um, even alfalfa is not good for male goats. So uh, our vet said forage, basically forage only. And in the uh, winter when there's not a whole lot to forage, um, Timothy grass is okay. Uh, orchard grass is all right, but uh, Timothy grass is probably the best that uh, that you could get for the male goat. So there's been a change in diet for uh, Chico, and um, he's eating Timothy grass pellets now. Uh, no more goat feed for, uh, for, for poor Chico. That means that uh, because they all get fed at the same time, that means that the girls are also now undergoing a change in diet as well. We're really not sure what we're going to do long term, uh, whether they all go to this change in diet. Girl goats, by the way, are, are, are not susceptible to the kidney stone problem. Uh, they're obviously designed very differently, and, uh, and their urethra uh, is not the size or the width of a uh, human hair. So they don't have the same problem that uh, male goats have. Um, so we may end up getting another male goat, probably a weather, uh, one that's been... Snipped, uh, and 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 that might be Chico's companion. We might move Chico and the uh, new goat off to another pasture uh, so they can get fed separately. Might keep the uh, girls on this diet for right now. They're they're not happy. I'll tell you that, and I, I and I know they're not happy because uh, even though Chico's feeling better, maybe because Chico's feeling better, uh, they have discovered that. On the other side of the house from where they their enclosure is, um, where the chickens happen to be, the chickens have a what's called a flock block uh, in their little chicken yard right now. Flock block is basically just grains and molasses all you know formed and pressed into a big like 20 pound cube. Uh, and we usually have one out for the chickens this time of year because they don't get an opportunity to get a lot of grains and grasses. They're in that enclosed area and, uh, and, and the opportunities for them to actually, you know, forage for food are rather limited. So the goats discovered that there's a flock block in there. And I guess the smell of the molasses reminded them of the, uh, the goat chow because they knocked the walls of the chicken yard over to get to the flock block. So for the past two days now, I have been waging a running battle with the goats where I will go and I will reinforce the uh, walls of the chicken yard. And then within a couple hours later, I I come back to find that I have not reinforced them enough. So uh, Sunday afternoon, I uh, caught them down in the yard. I, 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 I I thought it was perfect. I put up new netting, uh, new wires on the side of the yard. I, I, it was it was a little. It was, oh, it was locked up tight, not tight enough, because there were three goats that had hopped the uh, fence once again. So there's a couple things that we can do. Obviously, I, I could not do it uh, in the span of an afternoon when I was dealing with goats and chickens, all the other stuff that I got to do now that Missy's kind of incapacitated. But uh, I need to build the walls a little higher. Uh, right now they're at about probably three feet and I could, uh, probably get them up to about five. I don't think the goats could jump that high. Uh, Miss E's idea is to attach 
uh, compact discs uh, on uh, a string to the top of the fence, and she thinks the reflection and the shiny will uh, scare the goats away. I don't. I, I'm I'm not convinced of that. I'm kind of convinced that that'll actually make the goats want to eat the compact discs. Uh, but but we might try it. It might be an experiment. Uh, do compact discs scare or entice goats? So yeah, the goats are on my list, uh, and uh, <laughs> some of it's my fault. But uh, right now they're going to remain locked up. Uh, we now again they, I have got the Timothy grass, so I, I'm not worried about them uh, not getting enough to eat if they are uh, remaining behind the electronet. The electric fence is now on. So I think we've got the goats taken care of. The uh, the chickens are good. Uh, the coop's still clean. I've been doing some spot cleaning, actually, since I uh, cleaned it out entirely. Uh, getting pretty good egg production. We've got five hens right now. I picked up three eggs today. We got five yesterday. So that's good. We still have a plan to get more. As a matter of fact, I was... Um, uh, driving to work the other day, and I stopped off at a, a little country store uh, that's a gas station. It's got a deli with some really good barbecue and a uh, really good fried chicken. It's also a gun store. Um, but on the wall where they have, you know, like the uh, casino trip coming up and, you know, uh, a lost dog, there, were a, uh, there was a sign for 16-week-old chickens so pull it still, not laying age yet, but laying probably within the next few weeks. And uh, $12 a chicken. I don't know what breed they are, but they are they are local. And we've been looking around, and we found some up near Charlottesville. And we found some over by Lynchburg. So they're like, you know, an hour away. I, I'd, I'd really prefer to uh, stay local for my chickens if possible. So well, we have five hens now. The uh, plan is... Before spring, um, and maybe not. I don't know. It's 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 February. It's it, it's it's you know when you, when you get to early February, it kind of feels like spring is right around the corner. It's not. It's really not right around the corner. So I I know if we get these you know young chickens, uh, invariably and inevitably there's going to be like you know a foot of snow and it's to, I, I I don't so I would like to hold off. And maybe another month or so, like late February, early March, which I know is still iffy, but it's 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 better. We've had a pretty mild winter here so far. It has been so wet. We and I know I've complained about this, and Mrs. complained about this, but seriously, it has been so flipping wet this winter. Uh, it's been so we had we had a little bit of rain like two or three days ago. Other than that, we've had like four or five days without rain, which is great. Everything is still so muddy and soggy. There are still puddles after days of sunlight and 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 wind, and there are still puddles and standing water in the grass. It's just, oh, it's ridiculous. We're going to get uh, more rain this week, I think one day, and then we're going to get like maybe five or six days where it's not supposed to rain, and then we've got a week where every day there is rain in the forecast, and I'm not happy about that. I, I just, I'm starting to, it's, I really, I had a nightmare the other night where our house slid down our hill into the creek. I know that that's not possible. This house has been here since the 1770s. The house isn't going anywhere unless it's sucked up by a UFO or perhaps demolished in a tornado. It's not sliding down our hill. Of all of the natural disasters that can befall our house, sliding down the hill into the creek is not one of them. But 
apparently this is the way my subconscious works. My subconscious is just, you know, this is just too much water. We got to have something. Something's going to go wrong here. So, yeah. Sorry. A little bit of a side rant. I'm, I'm so sick of the wet weather. But the thing is, it's been rain. It's not been snow, right? So we've had a pretty mild winter so far. We had big snow in December, a little bit uh, early January. It's been, you know, 40s during the day, 20s at night. But but every time we get like a big cold blast, we get rain the day before. Uh, and then, then, then the, the cold comes in right after. So we're supposed to have a couple of days next week where it gets down to like 11 degrees at night. I know you folks in the upper Midwest are like, pfft. We're a wuss. I'm, I'm not. I can handle colder weather, but 11 degrees is pretty cold. Uh, anyway, my point being that uh, I, I just feel like we've got more snow ahead. February is typically a a month where we get that late snowfall, sometimes even into March. So I just I want to spare the chickens, you know, any uh, indignities and uh, uh, unpleasurable experiences if they're going to be, you know, stuck in the freezing cold. Although, now that I think about it, they're probably going to be stuck in the freezing cold at the place where they're at right now. So why not bring them in and reap the benefits of eggs now that I think about it? All right. I think I just talked myself into chickens while we're actually doing this podcast. Amazing. Now, one thing about all the rain, I guess, is that uh, you got a little more more inside time, right? Uh, I, I honestly have not played uh, any video games since we got Red Dead Redemption 2 a few months ago, I played it for a few weeks, and then, uh, I don't know, I think it was like late November, I, I put it away or put it aside and just haven't picked it back up again. I'm, I'm tempted, however, to take up a game that I, I've not yet played called Farming Simulator. I, I saw, <laughs> right, I know. I saw the news, though, this week where Farming Simulator... Uh, is actually going to be the latest esports game. Yeah. I mean, this is crazy. It's called the Farming Simulator League. It is a uh, esports league with 10 tournaments. Unfortunately, uh, all of these tournaments are going to take place in Europe for some reason uh, with a uh, $110,000 in prizes. Wow. Uh, according to Ag Daily, every single tournament will not only grant circuit points for the best teams, but also wield big prizes, bringing the total prize pool for Season 2 up to a total of $280,000. That's nuts. Christian Amon, CEO of Giant Software, manager of the esports division, says uh, competitive farming is something that people have enjoyed for years now, but it hasn't been done in esports so far. We have lots of esports enthusiasts in our company who can't wait to show the world that farming can indeed be fun and competitive at the same time. We believe we've found the right mix of real farming and fun to play game elements to ensure that everyone will find it entertaining. Ah, okay... Now, granted, I'm probably a little outside of the target age range for this particular esports, for esports in general. Um, But here's the thing about farming, uh, and I would imagine even a a farming simulation. It's not exactly the most, like, fast-paced and and exciting of, of activities, right? I think, don't get me wrong, I think it's wonderful. I, I, I love it, even the, you know, and I'm not a farmer. I live on a small farm, but I'm not a farmer. But um, I, I just don't know how well this translates into a video game. I mean, I guess it must translate because it's popular enough that they're doing an esports league. It's just, uh, 
if you've played this if, if by chance, if you've played Farming Simulator, because I have not, and, and I, I don't know that I will, because uh, honestly, it doesn't really sound that exciting to me. But uh, is that kind of blasphemous to say here on 40 Acres and a Fool? hope not. But if you've played this game, I would love to know, is it exciting? What 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 is the compelling draw of uh, Farming Simulator? Because I love the simulation games, or at least I used to back when I uh, played. Like SimCity uh, was one of my favorite games. Roller, ty- Roller Coaster Tycoon, Missy really liked that, but uh, but I like that game too. Uh, you know, the, the, the sort of building sim games, those are great, but I don't know about uh, Farming Simulator. Actually, you know, now that I think about it, uh, who was it? Sid Meier, the, uh, the guy who came up with uh, SimCity, he did have... A game, it was like right around the first or second generation of SimCity where it was a farming simulator. And I remember having that game probably for like my my old Apple IIc or some uh, ridiculous old machine like that. And uh, and I don't remember that being a lot of fun either. No, I think that was pretty boring. It's one of those games that I probably faded away for for good reason. But this does bring me to my first question here, and that would be, what is likely not a part of the farming simulator game that should be? What what uh, what in farming? Uh, what random occurrences are there that uh, that probably should be in that game, uh, but are likely not? Could be you know your goat has kidney stones, your cow's been struck by lightning, uh, maybe your cow has wandered off. Uh, onto your neighbor's property. That's happened a few times here. Uh, so I, I'd be curious, what do you think should be in the farming simulator game, but likely is not? You can uh, send us your thoughts uh, and your answers uh, a couple of different ways. Email is 40acrefool at gmail.com. That's 40acrefool at gmail.com. On Twitter, at uh, Cam Edwards. And if you are on Instagram, Miss E has a fantastic Instagram account for you to follow at Corny Goat Farm. And you can uh, let us know what you think should be in that video game, but likely is not. And the second question of the week, Miss E doesn't know that I'm going to ask this question, uh, but the second question of the week is should we here on the farm get pigs this year? I say yes. I say we should get at least two. And really, actually, two would be great. No more than two. But I say we should get two. Uh, And I say that we should uh, uh, raise them, get them in the spring, raise them all summer and fall, then maybe over the winter, send them off to freezer camp. That's what I say. Missy, on the other hand, says, no, we already have enough pork in the fridge. I, I, I mean, that's true to a certain extent. We have a couple of bellies left. We um, have a lot of pork chops left. And we have, uh, actually, now that I think about it, we have these two big containers of uh, frozen ground pork. So, I mean, okay, so she's got a point. We do have a lot of pork in the freezer. But what we don't have are a lot of bacon seeds in the yard, right? And as much as I love pork in the freezer, I like bacon seeds in the yard, too. So I'm just saying, even if you've never written before, 
when Miss E uh, recovers enough from her chemo that she uh, starts to check her email, if there were, you know, dozens and dozens of emails saying, Get the hogs, Missy. Missy, I, I, I think you need these uh, emotional support pigs um, that eventually become, you know, bacon. I, I, I think that that might, probably not, but it might sway her. And and, uh, and maybe we could even do a DLC. You know, again, it's, you can't we can't sell this pork. Not until our local processor becomes USDA certified, which was supposed to happen like last year and may happen this year. And if it does happen this year, then we'll totally have hogs and we'll sell uh, that pork. But if we can't do that, my idea was, listen, okay, so if we still have you know pork in the freezer and we don't have room for new pork, we could give some away in a contest, right? Don't you like the sound of that? Where you could have an opportunity to win some uh, some bacon, or even win just a big old slab of belly. Now, transporting that and getting it to you might be a little difficult, but we'll figure that out. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. First, we have to actually get the pigs on the property. So, this is my second question, and uh, maybe a uh, request as well. Do you think we should have bacon seeds on the farm this year? And if you do, I'm giving you a call to action. <laughs> Send us an email at 40acrefool at gmail.com or uh, tweet me at Cam Edwards or don't actually don't say anything to Missy on the Instagram page because I haven't said anything to Missy. So I, 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 I don't want to. Yeah, let's 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 leave it off of the uh, at Corny Goat Farm on Instagram and uh, maybe just to direct your requests and uh, and your thoughts on pigs and getting them this year uh, via email this time around. All right. Unfortunately, I've got to go make dinner for the kids and for uh, Missy as well. But thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. My name is Cam Edwards. Uh, Don't forget, you can check out Cam and Company each and every weekday on NRA TV, 530 Eastern Time. A uh, fast-paced half-hour look at the top Second Amendment stories each and every day. In fact, we've got a, a special interview coming up. I, and I've heard a lot. I, you know, I don't talk much about the Cam and Company uh, program here on Forty Acre Fool because it's it's a different deal. It's a different, it's own little animal. But I have heard from a lot of people saying, "Listen, I'm, I'm I'm glad you're back in the air." Man, I wish the show was longer. And I get it. I do too. It's it's a big switch going from three hours to a half hour every day. Um, but one of the things that we are able to do is uh, I'm able to do long form interviews, and we're able to post those. Uh, straight up to NRA TV. So by the time you hear this, uh, or shortly thereafter, on NRA TV, uh, there should be an interview with former Solicitor General Paul Clement. Paul Clement is the attorney who will be representing uh, several gun owning uh, individuals in New York City before the Supreme Court later this year. The Supreme Court agreed to hear a Second Amendment case, the first Second Amendment case since 2010 the McDonald versus City of Chicago case. Uh, And it looks like probably in the first week of October uh, or or thereabouts, we're going to see oral arguments regarding this law in New York City that says if you are a licensed New York City gun owner and you are licensed to have that firearm in your home, you cannot take that firearm out of your home unless you're going to one of seven pre-approved ranges in New York City. 
So if you live in Staten Island and there's a range that's actually closer to you in New Jersey, you cannot take your gun there. It's against the law. Or if you have a, a weekend home, uh, you know, outside of the city in Woodstock, you, you, you can't take your firearm there. You got to leave your gun behind. Uh, you're not allowed to, to actually take that firearm with you. It's an absurd law. It's really the only one like it in the country. It's there in New York City, uh, which is home to a lot of absurd laws. And the Supreme Court, again, has agreed to take a look at this case. So um, I speak with uh, Paul Clement, who's, again, going to be uh, representing the plaintiffs in this case. Uh, before the Supreme Court later in the year, we get into the, the potential for uh, what this case might mean down the road and, and why it's important uh, even for gun owners, maybe especially for gun owners outside of New York City. So that's at NRA TV. If you uh, want and miss those long-form interviews, this is a really, really beefy one. We get really in-depth, uh, and I was really pleased to be able to talk with Paul Clement about that. So check that out at NRATV.com. Also, we do have a another special bonus, 40 Acres and a Fool, one Final look at this book, uh, Reflections on the Failures of Socialism by Max Eastman, which came out in the mid-1950s. Should be required reading, but apparently isn't uh, for a Democratic Socialist today. Thinking about seeing if I can find a, a copy to send to uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. But uh, here at uh, Blaze Podcast Network, we've got one more special look, uh, the past tense current events sub Podcast here on 40 Acres and a Fool, and we're looking at uh, one final chapter there in Max Eastman's book, Reflections on the Fears of Socialism, so you can check that out as well. In the meantime, we will be back before long. I promise I'll bring Missy with me, or at least I'll uh, do my very, very best. Thanks so much for keeping us in your thoughts and your prayers. Until we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot, and we will talk to you soon here on 40 Acres and a Fool. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.